the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast presented by nba 2k23 as always if you haven't yet click the link in the bio to pre-order your copy because i'm gonna be in the city you're gonna see me with that logo above my head and i'm gonna be on smoke for each and every one of you so if you want to run some 2k the only way is to pre-order using my link and tweet me or dm me a screenshot of you doing exactly that then we can play you could maybe even join the squad because you know we still getting w's on the stream but anyway bj armstrong alongside me as always real name no gimmicks uh we're here breaking down another one of the nba's 30 teams and their off-season moves we're going to keep it in the western conference b we're going to talk about one of your favorite teams to watch the home of must see tv jama ran and his mm. memphis christies Jamaran, who just got the big contract extension. Tyus Jones and John Concha also getting contract extensions, but let's run down who they've lost, who they've added in the offseason. And then I want to hear your thoughts on how they're looking for next year. Carl Anderson has signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jarrett Culver is left as a free agent. DeAnthony Melton is over with the Sixers. Eve Pons is a free agent, and Tyrell Terry is currently a free agent as well. They've drafted Kennedy Chandler. They've drafted Jake LaRavia. They've drafted Kenny Lofton Jr., who we spoke about in Summer League. Uh, David Roddy, Vincent Williams Jr. So they've drafted a bunch of guys and they've acquired Danny Green in the trade for DeAnthony Melton. But on the whole, the core nucleus of the team remains. John Morant, of course, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. How are you looking at this Grizzlies team? Because they were making some noise last season. I want to give them a lot of credit for last season. They really played well from start to finish during the regular season. I thought they had a a nice run in the playoffs. They were able to advance past the Minnesota Timberwolves, which was great for this young group. I didn't like how they played all the time in the playoffs. I thought they were very sporadic, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Good game, bad game, bad game, good game. Sometimes they would look even terrific, but they were very sporadic. I didn't like the consistency in which they played with once they were in the playoffs. But overall, during the regular season, they were exciting. They looked like they had fun playing with one another. The crowd and the energy down there in the grindhouse was spectacular. And I want to give the, you know, the coaches down there, they, I thought they did a good job. Had this team playing at a nice pace. They were organized, they had depth, and that was great. Everything was great. It was new, exciting, fans came out support. However, I think that's last season. I think this season will be a little different. Now can this same group take the next step and play when they are expected to win? Their next step is to get to the conference finals. I'm expecting them to win 55-plus games now with their age. Now everyone's paid. We know their roster. Now it's a different ball game now. Mm. They're no longer the young kids who they're just there and, you know, they were doing the gritty and they're mm. having fun. <laughs> now I expect them to get past the second round next year. Well, they have one of the youngest teams in the NBA and they still yeah, put but together, they have experience they put together they, 56 hey, wins, yeah. right? And yes, they yes. had some good level of cap space 
this offseason, they could have been a bit creative with it and they could have brought in another star. But they decided to be patient and say, you know what? We like what we've got with our young guys. Let's keep them developing rather than bringing in some external talent. Do you think that they will come back to regret that decision at all? I think with a young team, you have to give them room to grow. Okay. Well, there's four ways to get to improve your team, right? You have to draft. They've drafted exceptionally well. Mm, they always seem okay. to. Okay. They, they, they drafted well. Okay. Free agency, what we're talking about, eh, you know, they didn't go out and sign that guy. Have they traded? They've done some really nice trades. You know, they've done some things where they've moved players around, got some really nice players. And then the last way to get to improve your team is to improve from within. So drafting and improving from within when those guys perform, they take care of their own. I respect that philosophy. Now you have to give room for Jaron Jackson. You hope he's going to get better and healthier. Yeah. Give room. Yeah. You have John Morant. He's a young player. We can't forget most improved. Now we want to see most valuable player. Mm-hmm. So now we're looking for these guys to take another step. And would it be easier to have gotten a veteran, but then you're going to, you could possibly stunt the growth of the players because of their age. So I respect what they've done. I think now these players have to be able to play with that pressure to know that now they are expected to get 50 plus wins. They're expected to win in the first round. They're expected to win in the second. They are expected now to be one of the elite teams for the next three to five years and take a shot at trying to win a championship in there. I think that's realistic for them. Last year was fun. It was exciting. Every win in the playoffs was exciting. Now I'm expecting them to win. So now that that's a new, that's a new game for them, but more importantly, it's a new outlook. And I think they're going to have to grow into that. You know, one thing that I really liked to see from them was them retaining Tyus Jones, who I think is a very underrated player in this league. I think what he provides coming off the bench the stability that he brings, the reliability, his abilities at that point guard position to really maintain that game when Ja Moran is resting. And we've seen Ja pick up a few scary injuries here and there. And thankfully, he's been okay on the whole. But, you know, with those kind of concerns, he's been really good to solidify and steady the ship. My question is around Jaron Jackson Jr. When we were just talking about the Phoenix Suns in a previous episode, we were talking about DeAndre Ayton making that leap and really being a difference maker. Jaron Jackson Jr. has the ability on both sides of the floor. We saw it in the playoffs, right? He can block shots. He can shoot a three. He can score on the inside. The one thing he can't do is stay out of foul trouble. Now, BJ, I know how much you love the bigs. What would you be saying to Jaron Jackson Jr. to teach him to stay a little bit more disciplined? Because we saw games where he plays barely any minutes because of the foul trouble. And the team suffers as a result of that. What would you be telling him to focus him on becoming a more disciplined defender for any of our listeners who are also trying to go through the same struggle? Well, I think, well, you answered it right there with the question. Having the discipline to play defense without fouling. And that's that's a skill. Now, he's given the first step to being a good defensive player. He's giving maximum effort and energy. You can't fault his energy. He goes after every block shot, and he will give you multiple efforts on the defensive end. Mo defense. That's what defense is about. Now, he's long, he's athletic, and he's a willing defender. Now he has to take the next step is to play defense and have the discipline to not go after every shot. 
he's got to now start reading, have the discipline to read personnel. He has to have the discipline to say, in order for our team to be the best version of ourselves, I have to be on the floor 32 to 35 minutes every night. Now, we're not asking him to get more aggressive. We're not asking him to give more effort, to give more energy. Which, which is we're rare asking, in the NBA now. <laughs> absolutely. We're asking him now, hey, you don't have to block every shot. <laughs> and, I, and I think people underestimate the importance of altering shots. It doesn't matter how many blocks yeah, are listed. He, if I he, can alter has- a shot and force you to change how you're trying to score, which then leads to you missing, that's just as valuable as blocking the shot itself. He Yes, and he has the ability, Mo, to be a defensive player of the year type candidate. Definitely. Okay, so I think you answered it. I'll just, you know, support what you said. Will he, will he understand the discipline necessary to be an elite defender? And that's, that just takes time. That takes maturity. That takes patience. That's understanding his responsibility of having to be on the floor because they are without question, a better team with him on the floor than on the bench. Now, I think a big surprise for some people was just how good Desmond Bain was last season. And he looks like he's going to continue to improve. First of all, I've never seen a shooting guard with that many muscles because it's insane how he still manages to shoot the ball. When you remember back in the day when coaches would say weightlifting will ruin your shot form. I don't know if the coaches said that to you as well. Um, but I didn't have that problem. I had other problems, well, but I didn't have that. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, him being a great standout three-point shooter, we saw with the Miami Heat, when Duncan Robinson had that breakout season, the next season was very difficult for him because now he's almost, he's near the top of all the scouting reports because everyone's aware of the threat and the game plans have changed accordingly. Do you think Desmond Bain will continue to improve? His numbers are going to continue to skyrocket? Or do you think he's going to have to overcome a little bit of a little bit more of a challenge with the way that teams prepare to play against the Grizzlies now? Well, I think with a player like, like John Morant and his ability to break down opposing teams defense, because he has a, a rare uncanny, uncanny ability to get in the paint and cause havoc. He, he is a defensive coach's worst nightmare. He's, He's the just, smallest big. This is what yeah, I say. He, He's the smallest yeah. big because of the amount of rim pressure that he puts on. He's now, getting to the bucket. So when you plan against John Morant, you have to have five guys <laughs> defending him. If John Morant is healthy and he's doing what John Morant's going to do in this NBA game, Desmond Bain and all the rest of the guys will thrive off of his ability to just break down the other team's defense. Now, if John Morant is not healthy, I think unless Desmond Bain comes back and adds something new to his game, ability to play off of the dribble, the ability to add something new to his game, okay, you're going to see him do what Duncan Robinson did. You know, Duncan Robinson, he's got to add something new to his game. Now they've taken that away in the scouting report. Jimmy Butler and these guys missed a lot of games. So that took away a lot of his open looks that he would he became accustomed to getting. And then suddenly now they had to go in a different direction. It's not that he forgot how to shoot. It's just the other guys weren't around 
and a player like Tyler Hero, wh- where did he improve this year compared to the year before? He was he's better now off the dribble. Mm-hmm. So every year, to all of our young listeners here, it's important to add something new to your game, just in case. Now, if things go, you know, according to the game plan, John Morant plays 75, 80 games. Desmond Bain will have his free open looks. 20 plus points. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen and players stay home, now what's he going to do to get that 20 points? Mm Because now he's going to have to be a different player. Mm -hmm. So something interesting I saw on uh, TikTok recently was inside the Memphis Grizzlies weight room. Now, where they're training during the offseason, a lot of the guys stayed in Memphis to get the work in. They've got a quote on the wall. BJ, did you see this? BJ Armstrong quote? Oh, if only. Close, but no cigar. It's actually a Draymond Green quote. Draymond Green said before they played against Memphis in the playoffs, he said Memphis is going to get their reality check. And that's what it says. It's written on the chalkboard. Memphis is going to get their reality check. Draymond Green. Which means what? Which means what? Well, I think the the Warriors and Draymond or whoever wasn't a big fan of the way that the Grizzlies would be celebrating. They'd be out, you know, showboating on the court. They were talking their talk, you know, the way that Jar tweets all the time with whatever he's saying. I don't think Draymond and the Warriors were a big fan of that. And they set out to kind of humble the young Grizzlies, which is cool. It's whatever. But how much does a playoff loss, not, not, not that anyone expected them to win, but they felt, they really felt the loss because there was a little bit of a rivalry. You remember them going at... Um, how can it be a rivalry when only one team is won? I don't get that. Explain that to me. Because it's the first time they played. So in their okay. eyes, it's a rivalry because they okay. want to run it All back. Right. You, you know what I mean? Okay. I'm, I'm okay. saying it's a rivalry. But this is I'm saying what the Grizzlies are thinking, right? Okay. You, you remember the stuff that happened in that series... You know, Draymond getting ejected for trying to throw Brandon Clark to the floor or whatever went on with that. But how much for a young team do those playoff series losses motivate you to come back the next year and go even harder? You know, Mo, during the course of the regular season, you have what's called trap games. Mm. Making a, a playoff run, playing in a competitive playoff series when that's your first time, that that that's a that that's a, those are traps okay in order to be successful in the nba you have to have a short memory absolutely when you win you got to forget it that was last season when you lose you have to forget it and move on to the next one there's always as you would say another one <laughs> oh, that's that's that's, that's, that's another guy. It's not you. It's not My you. It's lookalike. Yeah, yeah. The guy who looks like he says that. <laughs> so, I think it's important for these guys to learn what they learned from last season. That was last season. That doesn't carry over to this season. And. How many times have we said this, Mo, over the course of the NBA season? You saw it last year with the Atlanta Hawks. Hmm. And you see this a lot with young teams. They think because they did it last year, they're going to do it again. Every year is a new year. The Warriors went to the NBA Finals, and then the following year, they were the worst team in the league. 
So you you went to the conference finals in 1990, right? And then 91, you went to the NBA finals and won the title against the Lakers, right? Right. What was the message from the coaching staff or in the locker room with your teammates or even yourself after that loss in the conference? After that loss, after that loss, I vividly remember thinking, you only have one option. If you don't win it next year, you won't be here. As in on the roster with the Bulls? No, no. They're going to they're gonna break this team up. Oh, okay. So, the, when you're young, you think you're going to just come back there time and time again. You hear terms. And they don't. when you're young, this means nothing to you, a sense of urgency. Hey, 21. I'll be back. I got time. How many times you hear guys saying, I'm getting better? No, I don't need you to get better. I need you to be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, 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 we're young. We're going to do something in the future. No, when you get to the future, it's going to be now. I need you to be better right now. So the thing with the young team is, is learning how to be present in the moment and learning how to really say, you know what? What I did last year was last year. And I vividly remember after losing in game seven in in 1990 to the Detroit Pistons, thinking to myself, I got one more year to go at this before they break this team up and say we're not good enough and go in a different direction. So whatever I did last year, how many every, I don't know how many games we won. I think we won 50 something games. The fact remains is what you do in the playoffs. And we lost to the Detroit Pistons and we were probably going to only have one more year to try to beat them. And fortunately for us, we did beat them. But when we did beat them, we were so hungry that then we knew how hard it took to get there that we didn't want to give it up. And right now, I don't think that's the mindset of the Memphis Grizzlies, but it would be nice for them to come back with a chip on their shoulder saying, we have to get this year to the conference finals or the NBA finals. That's the focus that you need because, you know, we talked about, you know, a couple of days ago, the West is better. The NBA is better. The Clippers are better. Mm-hmm. Go to state, you know, they have the confidence. Once you have confidence, Mo, anything is possible. Yep. Okay. They're a confident group. Denver is going to be better. There, there's some good teams out here, you know, and then you get to the Eastern Conference. There's going to be some better teams over there, Philly and Milwaukee, and these guys are going to be better. And Boston. Your your Celtics, Miami. So it's great what they did last year. They were fun. They were the new kids on the block. Now, Mo, play like you belong there. The game is, you know, playing around and dancing. That was fun last year. But now, Mo, I expect them to win. You know, you know, it's an interesting team now is going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about it's them in, be a, interesting. in an episode be coming soon. Team. So... I think they can focus in on, you know, quotes, 
bulletin board material in our era. Now you're putting it on the blackboard or whatever it is they're doing. The key is, is this team going to remain hungry? And are they going to meet the expectations of what now everyone around the league is saying? When Memphis came into town last year, you know, you didn't have that circle. This year, you'll have that circle. And that they will have to play the games on the road with a different energy than they did a year ago because they snuck up on a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people were like, we love how fun the Grizzlies were, but now, as right. you say, it's, it's all about time to win. Uh, a player that we didn't actually talk about much was Dylan Brooks, who is injured for a large part okay. of last season, but yes, coming back, was. I think he can be a really big factor, especially on the defensive side of the things, because it takes a lot of the pressure off Jarvan not having to guard the best player, the best ball handlers on the other team. And then offensively, did you see the video of someone meeting him in a Starbucks recently? I did not. So, so someone took a video in a, in a Starbucks in an airport and they go out to Dylan Brooks and, and uh, they go, oh, you're, you're Dylan, mad, mad if I ask you a favor. And he's like thinking they're going to ask him for a picture. And they go, stop shooting the ball so goddamn much. Pass it back to Jar. Because he was very, ha- very trigger happy with the, with the jump shoot in in that playoff run, and there were numerous Grizzlies fans who weren't happy with a lot of his shot selection. But I feel like if he refines that, the Grizzlies, like the Grizzlies starting five or, or the best five man lineup that they could put out with John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Steve, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Stephen Adams, and then you got even Brandon Clark coming in off the bench. I think that's a very good five. And they got the depth. We talked about Tyus Jones. Obviously, I just mentioned Brandon Clark. I like the Grizzlies. Do you think they're going to win more games than they did last season, though? Now that they've got the target on their back and all of the stuff that we just spoke about? I don't think they're going to win more games. I, I, I don't think they're going to win more games. And the reason being is because I'm still concerned about the health of Ja Morant. Mm. You know, I didn't like how Ja ended the season last year with his health. I didn't like how he ended the season. You know, he was kind of in and out. He missed a significant amount of games during the course of the regular season. And then that, you know, kind of dwarfed over, if you will, or kind of spewed over into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Now, when he's healthy, he's electrifying. Make no doubt about it. But when he's not, I'm concerned. Because at some because he's not getting any younger, and the way he plays, Mo, I don't think he can play passive and still be just as effective. Mm-hmm. He has to be that aggressive in order to be John ja Morant. So I want to kind of take a wait and see approach and see how his health plays out. Hopefully, he's back, he's playing, and that was just an anomaly type situation or a one off. But Mo, I'm a little concerned because. He was in and out of the lineup and there was a reports, you know, it was just like, it was very unclear what was going on, especially in that golden state series. It was like, he yeah. just missed the game and, and it was, and it was like, was, we don't know what was going on. Yeah. We didn't saying he broke the code. Why, Jordan Poole broke the code by putting his hand code, on his knee. Yeah. Like as if that's yeah. what injured him. Get out of here. Right. Right. Uh, right. Um, right. So he played 57 games on 33 minutes per night. This is why I was saying Tyus Jones was such an important player that they retained to be able to take some of that pressure off of Jar. How right. many do you think reducing the minutes that he plays on a nightly basis is the key for him 
having more longevity in no, this league. And... I, I don't. I think he's got to change the way he plays. Well, I, I, but I then do you I think mean... that a team is going to be as effective without him playing? I, that's with what I said. Well, I, I, it's, it's, well, it's, he can only play one way. Mm. I don't think he could change his game and be John Morant. Because he's trying to put but everybody on a poster. But at some point, Mo, when you're that small, taking those hits against those size of athletes, something's going to give. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he can change and be that effective because, I mean, that's what makes him great. So I, I don't think that can change. So I, I think you, you got to live with it. And you know what? And and you just hope that he can somehow, re, you know, play through it. But he's going to, you know, he 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 plays reckless. No doubt about it. Now, it's fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. It's fun to see, the you know, him trying to dunk on bigs and jumping. And But, Mo, the body isn't meant to do that. And mm-hmm. I just hope that he can find a comfort zone in there where he can be you know himself be a productive player as he continued to be and then pick his moments but thinking that he can continue this pace well it's that's a tough one well this that takes us back to the original question how we started the podcast because his prime may be shorter than a lot of other players primes given his injury history already and his style of plays will the grizzlies live to regret not bringing in a big fish through a free agency to capitalize on this momentum and really make a run over the next few years. You guys at home, you let us know. Hit us on a timeline. Tweet us your thoughts and opinions because we love to get your thoughts and opinions. This is a conversation. You listen to BJ and I talk, but we would love to hear from you as well. So don't hesitate to get out us on the timeline. Let us know your takes, how many games you think the Grizzlies are going to win. Man, I'm so excited to watch the Western Conference this year. I, like I'm already excited for the Western Conference playoffs to begin, and we got a whole regular season to get through. The Clippers, Lakers, you got to come to LA. I might have and to get buckets. Oh, I, still, I, I didn't <laughs> tell them to subscribe yet. I love that. That's the outro. Shout out to BJ also each and every time. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe, like, tell a friend, leave a comment, leave a review, five stars, all that goodness. And as always, as BJ just told you, get buckets. <laughs>